Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp here, managing editor of Fightful.com. It is December 26th. We're here to talk SmackDown Live. Just a little programming note. There was no Holy Smokes MMA podcast today. Instead, we had a UFC 219 preview with a ton of the stars of UFC 219 on the show. A lot of pros picks, things like that. Of course, uh, we are live tomorrow for the list and your boy. But also at 8 p.m. Eastern, myself, Jeff Hawkins, Alex Palowski, We'll be bringing you alternate commentary for the 2005 Royal Rumble. I've contacted a bunch of people, gotten some backstage stories, some information on Royal Rumbles, things like that. It'll be Alex's first time watching it, and I want him to ask some questions. But you all will be able to sync that up with us. Jeff, how excited are you for this? I don't remember it, so it might be my first Good. time watching it. It'll be interesting. Yeah, well, yeah, you have two guys providing alternate commentary for a show that that only you know everything about. So. Well, I I haven't watched it in I watched it last year as a part of the Rumble Retro thing, but I haven't watched all I haven't watched like it's not something I go back and revisit all the time. Any match with Chris Benoit and it I kind of mm. you know, I feel a little weird watching, but we will be talking about that and we'll be talking about all kinds of stuff in that match. It's going to be a lot of fun. Of course, we have a bunch of content that dropped this weekend. Uh, exclusive interviews with Deanna Perrazzo, Hangman Page that I didn't release in full. Those are up at Fightful.com now. They are uh, in the uh, FightfulPods.com section as well. Lots of stuff over there. Also, follow us on Instagram at Fightful Online. Thousands of you watch this. I know all of you have Instagram. And if you don't, sign up for one right now at Fightful Online. Follow. Anna Bowers here too. Sup, Anna? Sup? Happy Rusev Day. Happy, Happy Rusev, Rusev Day. Day. I was going to say, like, it, it's been a slammed week. Like, between Christmas Eve, Christmas, Boxing Day, Rusev Day, and New Year's Day Rusev coming Day up soon. Day. New Year's Eve, my God. Hold on. Did Rusev come to visit everybody on Rusev Day? Down the chimney, giving all the good boys and girls toys? In my dreams, he did. It was nice. Wow. Let's move on. Well, uh, he he got quite the ovation <laughs> in Chicago tonight. My God. 
he got a great reaction. Aiden English got a great reaction. New Day got a great reaction as well. Uh, this was a pretty momentous episode of SmackDown Live. A lot of a lot of stakes on this show. Daniel Bryan comes out, says that he's tried to call Dolph Ziggler all all week long, hasn't heard from him, and the title is now vacant. The title being the United States Championship, and a tournament would start tonight. Uh, the team that we will refer to as Training Day, since they don't have a damn name, they don't give these people names anymore. Interrupt, uh, interrupt uh, Daniel Bryan and Gable wants a shot after they beat the Usos last week. Rusev Day interrupt and they get a giant pop, Jeff. Uh, my God, I cannot pretend that I ever imagined Aiden English to be involved in anything that got over this this way, but I think he's more than delivered in in his part of this as well. Like he's been great. I think the I think Rusev is more the more over half, obviously, but yeah, no, it helps to ha- to ride those coattails. But now we need to talk about this because now every team has a day in their name. You have day one is H, you have training day, you have Rusev day, and you have new day. Do, <laughs> do we need to do this for every team? Um, no, but but this was great. I, I'm very happy to see this. I, I agree with you on your initial assessment. I think this episode of SmackDown was far more fun and far more important than that Raw last night. I really enjoyed this show a lot. And this show had a lot of stakes in the early matches, not as many in, in the last match, although they did find a way to tie it in and, and kind of put a bow on it. Uh, what do you think of this this United States title tournament that they're putting forth? Um, I, I'm still waiting to see where they go with this, if Ziggler's going to turn back up and everything like that. I question them going straight up with Corbin versus um, Bobby Roode, considering that was the three-way, that's how Ziggler won it. And it's just like, okay, well, what was the point of all that then? Um, And it doesn't help that that's also combined with the meltdown that Natty had at the end of her match at Glass Year Champions. And now she's back and nothing happened. Um, It's, yeah, I'm very interested to see where they go with this. So this brings out New Day as well after the interruption uh, from Rusev Day and Gable and Benjamin. New Day were very, very over here as well. Like for for as long as they've been around, and sometimes it seems like kind of they're they're dying down. Maybe not what they once were. When you get reactions like this in a place like Chicago, it works out. What followed was one of my favorite WWE matches of the year. I thought this tag match was just unbelievable. It was awesome. I mean, it, it ain't exactly Usos and New Day at Hell in a Cell, but as you all will see in my match ratings that release tomorrow morning, I thought this match was just awesome. Xavier hit a tope con Hilo early, and later, Anna, we see a rare hot tag from Xavier Woods. Usually it's Big E getting these, but Xavier picked up one, and I thought he looked pretty damn good doing it. Yeah, they're, they're mixing it up. I really I love what all of them are doing, despite my varying degrees of likability towards a lot of the different teams. Looking at you, douches. Um, so with this, we had all us foreign heels had um, – two three ad breaks for this entire whole thing um came back at philip saying kick out no it was k out so we can only imagine he said kick out or something else that is more in line with his um instagram dms um and then the second one we came back to aiden english being sandwiched between gable and woods however they cut off at 
Rusev getting the tag. One does not cut off at Rusev getting the tag. Not when Rusev is this over. Um, so I really did enjoy this match. However, they severely screwed this for everyone not in America in terms of enjoyability because we missed a hell of a lot of it. I do not envy you for that because this match ruled. This match was yeah. really good. Uh, as you mentioned, there was the, the double German suplex on Big E and Aiden English. That was just unbelievable. Like every time you know, I, I see something that, that Chad Gable does, it's a lot like Cesaro. Like I'll see things and I'm like, my God. Like, I, I should know that he can do that, but I didn't know that he could do that. Like, little things from Cesaro, like catching somebody midair and then turning it into a backbreaker. Well, Chad Gable suplexing basically three times his weight, two or three times his weight. My God, this this was awesome. A big pop for Rusev, and he was designed to shine in this spot where he came in. He was a little sloppy, but the crowd didn't give a damn, so I guess all was forgiven. Then Gable comes from behind Rusev and does like a prawn hold into a deadlift suplex. Like, like it seemed like Rusev was off by like a half a step and Gable's like, nope, I got you. Over he went. That was just awesome. Also, Jeff, I think that the Usos were rather good on commentary because they, they seem so natural and they put over every team. Like they weren't like, this person doesn't belong there. This person doesn't belong there. They, they would put over the threat of almost each one of these teams, and I think that's that's something that seems to be more of a conscious effort of late. Yeah, and and once they got past calling Benjamin and Gable American Alpha 2, they were fine. Yes. Um, I think Corey actually helped them along quite a bit because as each team started to get some shine, he'd bring up that team in conversation to the users, hey, what do you think about this? And it was a nice... Nice co- and and it's obvious that the Usos are fans of all three of these teams in some way as well, which which really helps. I mean, not not from the character standpoint, but from just being a wrestling fan standpoint. I think that helps all three teams when when the tag team champions are putting you over on commentary, and and especially because one team has to lose here. Um, nobody gets hurt all that bad, especially in a match with this layout. I don't. I don't like having the entire division fight each other week after week after week, but they work well together. So you can't complain about this match too much. It was great. I Yeah, I, man, I'm head over heels for this match. There was a spot where Xavier comes off the top rope and, like, Shelton caught him perfectly with a knee. Mm-hmm. Just perfect. Uh, Gable hit a moonsault. Before that, there was a Uranagi backstabber from New Day that looked really, really vicious. Aiden English stopped a German suplex by grabbing Xavier Woods' hair. That was just such a cool <laughs> spot. And th- this spot in particular, how smooth it all went, it just – it really, really impressed me how they were able to – sometimes when things like this happen, it looks really choreographed and bad. This didn't. It just looked like each guy was smooth and smart enough to one-up the other When You had Aiden English grabbing Xavier Woods' hair to stop the suplex. Then as Gable was trying to do the suplex – English ran into the ropes, ducked down, which allowed Xavier to hit, a, in, hit an enziguri on Gable. Then back in the ring, um, Aiden landed a Widowmaker on Xavier right after Xavier had, I think, uh, hit a DDT through the ropes. Like It was just such an awesome, awesome series of stuff. Uh, my only complaint was... A Tower of Doom tease, another Dove cries. 
but eventually Rusev double power bombed them. He then hit and uh, Rusev then applied an accolade, which he's calling the stackalade on Xavier and Gable. <laughs> Benjamin breaks it up. YOLO dive from Big E. And at some point, this 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 is how Big E dies. This is how he's going. That to was gross. That was gross. Both of them hit that floor really badly. Yeah, I love the stackalade. And I love that right. Rusev corrected himself. He originally spelt it online, hashtag S-T-A-C-K, and then accolade, and then changed it to S-T-A-C-C-O-L-A-D-E. And he actually deliberately went out and corrected himself. And WWE then also retweeted the correction, so I guess it's official now. Um, this whole match, and I, I will disagree with you about the near Tower of Doom spot, because that was just a prime example of the beauty of Rusev Day and friendship. And this is a friendship that Vince will not get in between. I'm sorry, it's not happening. The Tower of Doom being broken up is a true Rusev Day miracle. Like it is, because English was about to be killed, and he stepped in and saved his friend. This whole match, it felt like... Yeah, it didn't feel like it was choreographed, but it was next level in the sense that it was a bunch of guys who were highly proficient at what they're doing, and everything we saw, it there wasn't repetition at all. It was one-upping what they what they last did and what their opponent last did, and it just kept rolling and rolling. It was incredible. These guys are incredible. I bit on the Widowmaker... I bit on the stackalade and I bit on English hitting the dive after breaking up the Tower of Doom spot. I thought for certain they were going to put in Rusev Day for the Royal Rumble I, uh, for the tag match or at least for SmackDown later. I I totally bit on all three, which makes you show how much I enjoyed this match. <laughs> it was so good. It was just a blast. Training Day get the win after their finish on Big E. This was a really a can't-miss match. I love this SmackDown tag team division. I'm very excited to see how Harper and Rowan fit into this, especially if we get some ladders and tables thrown into all these guys. We're going to see some really crazy stuff. Like there's Jeff, why are you, why are you wincing? I just, no, you want these people to die. Sean Ross, I don't want them to die. Big, if Biggie didn't die from that dive, he's going to survive probably forever. I think he's going to make it. It's the pancakes he has in his pants is padding. <laughs> That's a good point. Speaking of the tag team division, by the way, training day get a, a tag title match next week. Bludgeon Brothers really kick Brizongo's ass. We see backstage Ascension have gotten Brizongo a rematch, and they're like, ah, we wanted sexy spaceman pants, something like that. They get beat up real bad, and Ascension make the save. But then backstage, <laughs> they say, because you're our best friends, we got you a rematch. So they're... <laughs> Anna, is it as simple as just like Ascension are trying to get them beaten up, or do they really think they're trying to do the right thing? I really hope it's because they're trying to do the right thing. I can't wait for the sitcom to come out of this. This is beautiful. However, however, us foreign heels, once again, we missed out on pretty much the entirety of the Fashion File segment that you guys got. I'm going to burn it down. 
I'm going to burn you down. I'm going to go to Foxtel headquarters. I'm going to go to WWE headquarters. I'm going to burn it down. That is terroristic threatening. Well, they deserve it. Don't get in her way of fashion files. <laughs> Jeff, you're glad they didn't this. die. I am actually looking forward to the day when it's eventually the Ascension versus the Bludgeon Brothers. I know that sounds weird, but I can't wait to see them get their tails kicked as well. I, I kind of liked this angle. I liked that they came in, ran in, saved them, and said, yep, you're going back out there next week. The problem is it's a little bit too much like the Rhino and Heath Slater angle. Just a little bit too much. Yeah, I mean, boy, Slater and Rhino, they I think they could be a lot of fun for the Bludgeon Brothers too. So it's it's kind of a bummer that <laughs> they're not they're not around either. Huh. Ruby Riot with the Riot Squad defeated Naomi. Oh, okay. So this is this is weird. Naomi hits a good-looking disaster kick. The Riot Squad distractor. She loses in about 40 seconds. I get it. It's it's a distraction finish. Whatever. Beating a woman who was like one of the focal points of WrestleMania in that title picture, maybe not something I would do. She's she's an over character. I, I did this didn't make any sense to me. Like you got a commercial free hour. Now I get it that maybe the tag match went over. Maybe they're short on time, something like that. But they got that main event started super early, like the, the lead up to that and all that stuff. Naomi losing in 40 seconds like to this. like She got kicked in the back of the knee and hit with the finish. That was it, Jeff. Yeah, but I think they see Ruby Riot as the breakout star of these three, so it made sense to me. Um, I think the the promo that she cut was okay. I understand what they were doing with it. It wasn't my favorite promo of hers so far, but I liked it. But I'm I'm seeing I'm you're you're kind of seeing the roles of what the Riot Squad are going to play. Sarah Logan's going to be the one taking these hellacious bumps and 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 hits from people, um, and and Liv is going to be be kind of the dits who who all of a sudden just gets her butt kicked when she she gets involved. So. Um, I, I think the reason was because they want to make Ruby Riot the threat coming out of coming out of this group and going into the Royal Rumble, and I have no problem with it. Anna, your your thoughts on this this women's segment right after Naomi gets beat up, and then Charlotte makes the save, and then gets overwhelmed after hilariously walking into a big boot. Like she just turns around, puts her hands down, and walks right into the foot of Sarah Logan. The SmackDown heels show up. I think they're, I don't know what Natalia turned on the pay-per-view. The Riot Squad leave only to be cut off and attacked. This is some of the laziest shit I have ever seen. The SmackDown women's writing. And I had people saying, well, Raw's pretty lazy too. No, nowhere near as lazy as this. Mm-mm. Because we're, we're about a month and a half in. There's really no indication that these two teams on Raw and SmackDown are connected despite the striking similarities, maybe they will be, but right now it's just coming across as lazy. And I think that if it continues like this for so long, like people are going to just, they're going to notice the similarities, but still it's going to come off as just lazy TV for so long. Yeah. When they first debuted, I think the, the next week, the second week they're on TV, I said something along the lines of, you know, the name is the riot squad. They need to go out there. They need to be chaotic 
because going up against someone like Charlotte and Naomi, it's not believable that they would just win out of technique or out of, you know, tonight it was she kicked her in the back of the leg. But that's not, that's not vicious. It was a kick. It was like, that was it. And now I get what they're trying to do here in that make it a win as quick as that. All oh, these guys are trouble. This is, you know, something to look out for. But we don't buy it. It just doesn't in take reality for what it is in this situation. It doesn't seem realistic that these three girls, whether or not you know them from NXT or not, or their indie stuff or not, in Sarah Logan's case, and, and Ruby Wright's case as well, it just isn't believable that they would walk in and beat these cal- this caliber of women, these champions, former champions and current champion, that easily without breaking rules, actually causing chaos, actually causing a riot. And then with the welcoming committee coming out, sounds like the worst PTA meeting ever. It's just, what the hell are you guys doing? What is Natty doing? She's she's okay now. She's calmed down. Well, that was like was that entirely meant for total divas and you wanted to incorporate that into the show? It doesn't work. It's, it's just shit. And from what I've heard in terms of the two divisions, the two um, groups coming in for Raw and SmackDown, I heard of a variation that they were going to go with possibly for, for one of the groups that would have differentiated them a bit more. So that makes me think, okay, it wasn't deliberate at all that these these guys are essentially clones, but now in terms of quality of writing, it looks like Absolution is the A version and Riot Squad is, you know, somewhere around F. <laughs> it's just shit. God, we got like five, four or five more weeks of this. And it sucks. Everybody fights everybody. They're working their asses off. They're doing the best they can. And it's just, this isn't good enough for them. I'm actually shocked Becky Lynch had to fly out for this and they didn't use her. Did Did she really? Yeah. My God. The night after Christmas, they had her fly out. Or they had her fly out probably Christmas. Mm-hmm. Son, that's so bad. That's so bad and so dumb. Man. Like, um, ill-advised. No, and and this is and and you guys are exactly right. This is the way, This is the bad way to build for for Rumble, where where everybody's in the ring fighting each other every week, and it's all you know. I have no problem with a locker room clearing brawl. I just want them used judiciously. Yeah, me too. I just want something effective. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know one thing. WWE needs crowds like this every week. AJ Styles gets a good reaction uh, and cuts a pretty decent promo backstage, which was clearly written for him. Also, Ruby Riot had entered the Royal Rumble match. I thought given like she's given bad dialogue, but she delivers it as probably as best she can. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line 
prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Can. Mm-hmm. Like, she's got a real knack for that, so that that's good. Anna, this Daniel Bryan, Shane McMahon conversation backstage had a real funny tone to it. Like, they were they were doing the thing where you calmly explain why you're right and the other person is wrong type of thing like that. But then there was this line of Shane McMahon, like, <laughs> that Vince had to have written. Or somebody who wanted to kiss Vince's ass wrote. Mm-hmm. Like, Vince McMahon was a visionary. Oh, Jesus. He did all these great things. Like, we can't weird. call him a jerk. We can't call him a dick. We just, well, he's yeah. he's committed. Yeah. Just call him a jerk on air, please, once. It was just, it, yeah. El Tanto was back, and that was entirely cringeworthy because it, it really, yeah. I was like, okay, Vince wrote this for his son. He started it by saying, you know, Shane takes great exception to being referred to or being compared to Vince and then went on this tangent about how great a man he is. <sighs> it is what it is. That's that's the conclusion I always come to with this stuff. Jeff, do you have anything for this? Um, I, I already made my piece with it. I, I, I just I can't <laughs> I can't stand that they dance around criticizing Vince on the air. It just it you, you can you're not because they they make it a point to say Miss, the Mr. McMahon character is different. Just say the Mr. Mc, that Mr. McMahon is a dick or whatever. Just say it. Say it. That's all I want out of this as opposed to, well, he, you know, he won the Monday Night Wars. And all this alternate history crap, whereas you could say something emotionally impactful and effective and move somebody in some way. God forbid you do that. No, we need the exposition of who is who is this Mr. McMahon? Why he's the man who created WrestleMania and won the Monday Night Wars. You know, you don't need that. Just call him a dick. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Or a jerk. Tournament opening round, Bobby Roode and Baron Corbin. This was not any type of match I've seen Roode or Corbin have. In a long time on the main roster, they were really fast-paced. Reed was, like, running and flying all over the place. It looked to me like they were trying to prove they could have a good match without Dolph Ziggler, and I thought they did. I thought it was a really, really good match. Corbin busted out the boss man spot for the first time in a long time, which I'm glad he's not doing every single week. And Bobby Roode didn't give a damn because he hit a spine buster anyway. Deep six, man, like the Blue Thunder Bomb, I think that's got to finish some people here and there. That move just looks really, really good. It all, I almost always buy it as a finish. It's really good. Rude Sunset flips over Corbin for the victory. Jeff, what'd you think? 
I like the match. I just I. All right, I have this nagging feeling that you know, you know, that Dolph's coming in sometime during this tournament. <laughs> Not to enter the tournament, but to ruin it somehow. Right? Am, am I wrong on that? Yeah. Okay. No, I was expecting to come out. And I, and I and I still think, even though we're getting to it later, Ginger may win this dumb thing. Oh yeah, <laughs> I expect it. Um, but I liked the match itself. I, I like, you know, Bobby Roode needs a little bit of of uh, help now to to kind of. I mean, he needs to get away from Baron is what he needs to do, and get some some wins over somebody else. I like these two together, but I think it's time for one of them to move on. I don't think that's going to happen. I think eventually Baron's going to come back and cost Roode in the tournament. Anna. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> that this is where you talk about the match. Oh yeah. No. Okay. That was another one where I think we missed probably a quarter to a third of the beginning of it. Um, we got Rude's entrance and then they cut when he got in the ring and then we came back to Corbin killing Rude by ringside and trolling the crowd. Um, shout out to the dude with the banter Corbin sign. I thought that was great. <laughs> yeah. Um, I will give credit as well to camera work during this match. On one particular thing, there was when Rude jumped off from the ring apron and clotheslined Corbin, the camera did this pullback thing at the same time, which actually worked as a cool effect. It made it look a lot more impactful. So, you know, the amount of shit Sean gives him on this show, I would like to say that. Um, it was a beautiful looking clothesline over the top rope from Rude to Corbin. It was... I'm glad that they got this match in the end. I was initially like, well, why, why again? Why not later? Um, but they both delivered. And like I said, I'm waiting to see where this goes. I'm waiting to see where Ziggler comes back into the fold. But like, they can deliver. Part of me wishes that we got this match at Clash of Champions, but if that's not the storyline and they're actually going to do something with this, then I'm cool with that. And that was, I didn't expect Rude to win, so that was cool. For this United States tournament, I mean, just one week after Dolph Ziggler kind of handed the title over, gets going. I guess, I assume we're having eight people in the tournament. Uh, if it's really just. <laughs> Rude and Mahal, that's that's a weird, like, tiny tournament. I think that almost does the title a disservice. But later on, we get Jinder Mahal, Ty Dillinger. I thought this was one of Jinder's better performances in WWE. He actually worked faster and bumped really well for Ty Dillinger, sold really well for him, especially on the chops. I think Natalia could really take a tip on how to sell chops from Jinder Mahal. They looked really good. Jeff, had Jinder Mahal been involved in the United States title picture from the jump, would we be looking at this year differently? Because, I mean, I kind of get that feeling because when you're centered, when you're put in that WWE title spot, I mean, maybe he gets the same amount of TV time. But in a perceived lower role, do we accept what we got out of Jinder Mahal more than him being in the WWE title picture? I, I The way they do it, No. I'll be honest with you because, like, if this were, say, the NWA, where the U.S. title was seen as okay, this will be a stepping stone to the world title, and you'd eventually and you'd have guys cut those types of promos, sure. But they always keep these guys kind of separate, depending on what title they're going for. It's almost like they have their own internal divisions that they're thinking of. So I don't think it would have been 
Um, I, I don't see to me, he'd have to have won the U S title and then to have called out the world champion eventually before he lost the U S title or even still have kept the U S title while challenging for the world title. I think that would have been the way to do it for Jinder Mahal. Um, as opposed to just throwing him in the main event picture, but they don't do it that way. So I think this was, you know, it would have been the same either way in, in my opinion. Um, we're going to need to check on Alex Pawlowski, um, after, after finally getting Ty Dillinger back on television and having him lose. I think, uh, uh, our hopes and prayers are with, uh, Alex Pawlowski right now. Kind of knew that that was going this way, though. <laughs> he may not have, though. He may have just, oh, here he comes. It's time for his push again. <laughs> Little Alex in his pajamas and his onesie and his hats. Come on. <laughs> Come on, Ty Dillinger. Come on. And then he loses and then just loses it. So well, I think there's a story in Ty Dillinger repeatedly losing in his efforts to get to the United States title. I mean, they, they have to set up that story. They probably didn't mean yeah. to, to even craft that story. But no. I think in Ty, the United States title is more than an achievable goal for a Ty Dillinger, and he is established at this point as an underdog. So, I mean, that there's no reason they couldn't run that and make that an effective storyline down the road. I think that would be a great storyline for him. I think that Jinder Mahal could be the right type of person for him to win that from, too, because while I don't think he has the power to be a top guy, I do think in this spot he can be serviceable. I think that so often he got the gender got the wrong kind of heat. People weren't showing up to the shows. They had to cancel an event. People were turning off SmackDown. I'm, I'm talking to like going back and forth with Nick Hausman about it now. Like I just don't see he didn't have what WWE wanted there. And a lot of people said, "Well, it's new. It's new. It's it's new." Well, there's a lot of things that are new. It doesn't necessarily mean they're good. But I think in this spot. I like. I almost give a little more slack to Jinder Mahal. Like, okay, well, you're not the focal point of the entire show. Like, it's a little more believable that he could move, even with the help of the Singh brothers, from what he was to a United States champion than uh, some of the guys that come after him for the, the world. I'm going to give you some pushback on your Ty Dillinger storyline thing, because this is the type of story they don't do well at all, because it, it, it requires care. It's the same kind of talk we had about Sami Zayn. Oh, this Sami Zayn losing streak gimmick could be really good for him. If they look, they look around, they have guys who are on top and they have the guys who are on bottom. And in order to, in order to do your kind of story, they have to look at a guy on the bottom and they have to protect him somehow. And what they're going to do is they're going to say, well, we have these guys who need wins. Who can we use? And they'll look and they'll see, oh, there's Ty Dillinger. Any your thoughts? Just off that, it's, I, mean, I would love to see something for him. He's he's awesome in ring. And something really stood out to me at the top of the match, Corey Graves called Ty Dillinger a sociopath, which mm. was quickly picked up on by Byron. Um, and then he quickly you know, went back and was like, oh, he's, he's obsessed with himself. He's vain. And part of me now looking at that thinks maybe that was just Corey trying to endow him with some kind of a personality that, we haven't really been able to see much from him because we've barely seen him on TV in a long time. And when he has been used, it's been in these kind of roles. I just, I want something for him. And maybe, maybe if they do continue on with something like this and with Jinder, Jinder needs someone who is technically sound to bring out the best in him. And as tonight proved, 
Dillinger is the right person for this. And I'm completely cool with that. I'm cool with Dillinger having this kind of a role as long as they do give him a personality, something to work with and not just make it as obvious as, well, he's here for one reason. So the, the, as, as like when we were talking about the Dillinger, like underdog thing, it's, it is the type of thing that they often screw up because they make, instead of being an underdog, they make the person a complete loser. Like in every aspect, like there's nothing from the heart there. Like it's just, they, they write something that they just looks really, really, really bad. Uh, and that's what I hope doesn't happen. Kevin Owens versus AJ Styles. Backstage, Kevin Owens says he's going to pop champagne. Yeah, yeah. Styles gets a big drop kick right after the bell. They work a solid match. It's full of really good spots. But like a lot of their matches, I think it waits a little bit too long to kick into the next gear. But when it does, it's, like, really, really good. Uh, in a show full of matches with stakes, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show, this one didn't necessarily have any. It was a main event between two really good wrestlers who are really over. And then Shane McMahon comes out. And that adds a little bit of something to it. Sami Zayn's involved. Uh, <laughs> one thing I notice is that everybody bumps really hard for Styles' clothesline. Like, I don't know if that's something he goes to them and asks them to do, but uh, it looks really good when he's hitting guys that are as big as, like, Jinder Mahal and Kevin Owens, and they're bumping like their life depends on it. That match finally hits that, that next gear. It gets really good. Shane McMahon goes to have Zayn ejected, and the ref misses a count on AJ Styles. Then Owens gets the victory. Anna, where do you see this leading to? More of the same with Shane, but I really like this match. I think the way it was constructed, there was some oh, – that kick out that, that KO did to AJ, and I'd, I guess it was deliberate. He was supposed to go to the apron, whether or not that was the case or not. Him missing the ropes and falling straight through and landing on his back, which was brutal. And even Sammy's reaction was just wincing and then, you know, quickly getting back into the taunting thing. But then KO used that later on by like aiming for his back and the kicks and everything. Little stuff like this. I just love it so much. Um, and Owens was absolutely vicious tonight. AJ is just, he could pick up KO, put him on his shoulders and keep him there. Um, that fireman's carry backbreaker and KO was awesome. And yeah. I think I figured out. I think I figured out what Byron might be trying to do in terms of his healing towards Ko and Sammy. It's maybe I could be completely off the mark with this. I think he's trying to do a Booker T in terms of what he's doing to Jason Jordan, but just completely missing the mark. Because otherwise, I just unless he actually does, or they're in his ear trying to really hammer this home. It just seems now to the point of you were so off the mark with this. And Corey had a couple of lines at him tonight, like, Byron, do you get paid extra just for your nonsense? Um, <laughs> and it's pretty freaking obvious as a vendetta, Byron, do you watch the show? It's gotten to that point where it's just like, you sound like an idiot. The ending I really loved, mainly because Sami Zayn is a golden unicorn and I love him. <laughs> the reaction, just the juxtaposition between Shane's face, disappointment, and then 
it was like a kid waking up on Rusev Day with Sammy jumping in the background with excitement and then Shane catching him. And he's like, oh, sorry, no. This is beautiful. Next thing is he's in the ring celebrating. He's getting naked. It was just, it was amazing. I love this. Jeff, your thoughts on this one? Um, I really liked the bump that Sammy took off of the uh, springboard plancha from AJ. I thought that was great. He's such a great stooge. Um, I was personally a little confused as to whether or not this was for the title all night. I wish they had made that. uh, Yeah, eventually I was like, oh, okay, so it's non-title. That establishes him as the number one contender. I I get that. It was just weird because... All all night I thought that this was a title match. Um, I didn't think they were going to switch it, but it kind of threw me off a little bit. I I hope we're not going down the road of 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 Shane just get, eventually getting so sick of everything that he just goes heel and joins Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. I really hope that's not the plan here. Um, but as a match, I, I you know what AJ Styles is my MVP of the WWE for all year because look, other people have had better matches and better years. Um, but every time he's been asked to elevate someone, he makes them look great. Even if they're not on their level. And when he's in there with the guy of his level, he's phenomenal. Uh, no pun intended there. So I, I hope he has a few more years like this left in him. I really like him a lot. And again, as I keep saying week after week, there's always one bump he's now taking per match that makes me cringe. And and like Anna said, that uh, that, that bump out of the ring just made me cringe. Yeah, like when he says, like, I've got a couple more years left, I'm like, and I see spots like that, I'm like, damn, do you? Because to me, AJ Styles is one of those guys – I hope he's like a Jericho where he can come and go in his later years. But, you know, I fear that he might be more like an edge and I don't want that to happen where it's like they find out something's wrong with him, even though he can still go. And then he just can't anymore. That's what I don't want. Uh, Jeff, lasting impressions of the show. It was a fun show. I thought, I I thought, uh, and as you said, there were stakes to it, which made it even more important. Um, I liked this a lot better than the Raw the previous night. Anna? I thought it was great. It was one of the better shows I've had in weeks. And I I liked Raw last night. I think maybe because I've only, I've had to only half watch it for the past few weeks, but I guess in comparison to what we've had on SmackDown the past few weeks, it was refreshing. Uh, all in all, I think the holiday shows were great. I'm just feel really bad for that roster. It looks like next year it's Christmas Eve and Christmas for them. Man, that's and that's a bummer. And I know that several WWE talents, as I wrote in the Fightful Wrestling Weekly last week, uh, that it was just it's something that they don't want to do, and they have extended that they they've extended that feeling. It's it's just it's just a bummer. They they shouldn't be doing that. It shouldn't happen. And Vince McMahon's thought back in the day was always to give people Christmas off, but. Didn't happen this time. I, I, I don't know if the like their new TV deal means that much to them. I don't know what necessarily that can add that they can do. I mean, like I know UFC did great on Christmas Eve last year, but that was them running a condensed version of a pay per view that had been taped like a, a month before. I can't imagine it makes that much of a difference. I know personally we did pretty good numbers for it being a Christmas night. Like 
on a podcast. It's better than I thought we would. Maybe they thought that that's what was going to happen. Maybe they'll see that the juice wasn't worth the squeeze. I don't yeah, know. It, it's weird for me because Christmas night was always a wrestling night back when I was a kid, you know, for some local venue, but it was always local to the talent as opposed to them having to fly in somewhere. And I think, you know, Christmas Eve and Christmas morning are special for family. So I think, I think there might be some disconnect there between uh, Vince McMahon and talent. Anna, any additional thoughts on this? No, I liked it. It's fun show. I hope they actually continue on with some of the stuff that they've set up over the last two nights. Guys, make sure you all tune into the list and your boy tomorrow at 3 p.m. Eastern. Post Boxing Day, post Christmas, all that good stuff. Me and Jimmy Van. Also, this weekend I'll be releasing a special like compilation of some 2017 uh, 2017 uh, moments of the Fightful podcast. Uh, Sister Lucretia makes an appearance. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Kiss me! Okay, there we go. <laughs> Maybe I should have you record some original content in that I regard. Might. I might. <laughs> Anna, what do you got going on this week? Holiday. I mean, we went through this last night, so... Um, yeah, just head to at EPW on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram and check out the stuff we have coming up for Hot Summer's Night on February 3rd. And also, if you go to From the Vault, which is our Vimeo on-demand service, you'll see some of the past matches, including one you'll actually find on YouTube, which was an NWA title match from seven years ago, including Joey Ryan, Shane, now um, Thorn which is not what he was originally called then. Um, Carl Anderson, it was the same show that Daniel Bryan competed in, a whole bunch of people. It was incredible, and that was EPW. So go check that out. Jeffrey, what do you got going on? By, by the way, Chad Gable saying, it's Boxing Day. This is one of the best things on tonight's SmackDown that we didn't go over. I just love that. Um So Rob and I are recording Shake Them Ropes tomorrow afternoon. Um If you'd like to... Uh, bring up anything that we'd like to talk about from 2017, be it May Young Classic, be it UK Tournament, be it anything in NXT or from the year from the main roster. Uh, tweet at Shake Them Ropes by tomorrow morning, and uh, and I'll probably make air. We're we're looking for uh, topics to discuss for a quote unquote year end in review. We don't do awards or anything like that, but you never know. We might um, follow him. Follow Rob at Shake Them Ropes. Follow me at Crap Game Thirteen. Follow me at Sean Ross App. Follow us on Instagram at Fightful Online. We're, we're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. A little bit of everything, of course. Like, subscribe, thumbs up. Until next time, guys, we are out. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.